I am currently podcasting from the traditional territory of the Mississaugas of Scugog Island First Nation. And we are within the boundaries of the Williams Treaty. Welcome back. New listeners, I want to just give a shout out to all of you who wrote in and bring your interests and concerns and considerations and questions to the table. So um, so know that you're welcome to go to the anchor.fm forward slash Barb's World page and click that message button to leave me a voicemail. I want to say that I make no representation as to the accuracy, completeness, correctness, suitability, or validity of any of the information coming out of my mouth, and I will not be held liable for any errors, omissions, or delays in the information. Understanding that podcast collaboration between me, myself, and I, and... um, my personal choices and it's your responsibility it's the listener's responsibility to verify the facts and the content and the information and the products on your own the views and opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the authors and do not necessarily reflect the official opinions or positions of one another, any other agency, organization, employer, or company, or sponsor. Assumptions made are not reflective of the positions of the entity other than the author. So it's important just to know that everyone is bringing their own opinions. This is for courageous conversations. And since we're critically thinking human beings, these views are always subject to change, revision, and rethinking at any time. So we want to create an openness, a safe space where we are not holding each other in perpetuity. This is not about um, driving an agenda for Uh, perfection. This is about seeking the synergy of wellness and healing for humanity. Comments made in this context are the sole responsibility of the speaker and the writers of the content will take full responsibility, liability, and blame for any libel or litigation that result from something that they have said on this podcast. Feel free to challenge us and disagree with the comment section, but please reserve respect and understand that we reserve the right to delete and comment for any reason whatsoever, abuse, profanity, rudeness, disrespect, um, etc. So uh, keep it polite, keep it relevant, and please keep it respectful. In the same light, I would like to also say that I, I, am in, I am asking the community, the listeners, to not engage if you see something written in a comment. Um, as time goes on and, and if you become part of the community, then um, I want to make it clear that I am not looking for uh, policing 
So if somebody says something disrespectful, I don't need people to jump on that person. What I, what I need is just to hold space for the courageous conversations that might unfold. What I don't need is for things to be confused by blame, shame, judgment, criticism, or any kind of retaliation in any way. It just confuses the issues. So uh, let's be really cautious that we are clear about the fact that what is said is to be held to the responsibility of the speaker and not to be misused, reused, recycled, or cited in any other context or, or uh, re-edited in any other way um, at any time. Thank you. So I would like to first apologize for all the clicking in that last episode and let you know that I've done my best to eliminate the need to click around as much as possible. There may be still some, but um, I'm doing my best and I'm learning as I go. And I really appreciate that you're tuning in what synergy seeking is all about. You know, I made a huge assumption in the last episode where I talked about nirvana and uh, that we all seek nirvana, I think I said. You know, I'm not going to quote myself because I didn't write it down. But um, it's a, it was a huge assumption. Uh, but I really do feel that even though... It, there are lots of jaded people who may not appear to be after peace. Uh, I do believe deep down at a cellular level um, and even deeper at a soul level that uh, peace is really what we're all here to find. And, and you know, I'm going to be 60 this year. So this is for me, a dream come true in a way I've talked about with my siblings. I've talked about doing a show. We used to joke about a show, a show, a show, but, you know, it was never television. I always said, like, there's there's never, it's not, a, it's not video, but people couldn't wrap their head around it, and I didn't really understand it. Uh, it's just super cool how... I continuously trusted the whole life, like my whole life. I've just trusted these whims and these whisperings of my soul. And uh, I've allowed myself to be led by that voice and that mission and vision and, um, yeah. So, um, yeah, so how do we find our way to peace when we're so divided? You know, that was the question I asked last time, and I, I feel like that's kind of the underlying question uh, of this podcast. Why is it important? So first of all, I think that, you know, in my mind, I would like to say that 
we have had barriers to authenticity and being authentic, being honest, being truthful, being in integrity of the conditions that are required. Um, it requires a dismantling of, of these barriers or it requires an education of, um, and I think I like that better, you know, I'm not so much of a disruptor as I am a dreamer and a visionary. And at least that's the way it's always seemed to me and the sense that I've always had. If I haven't appreciated that you're here, thanks again for sticking around. I want to talk in this episode about the first time I was really fully aware of how the gremlins in my mind impact me. And then just go over a couple of stories that continue to define the basis of, of who I am and what the mission is here um, in terms of, you know, seeking synergy and, and wellness in humanity. I talked a little bit in the last episode about dismantling barriers and I switched that up to creating education and you know that's that's part of where I want to head just in general maybe not as an outcome of this podcast but um, just in terms of my own purpose I would love to see a moral structure some kind of lexicon that the whole world adheres to so that everyone has the boundaries and the clarity that's required in order to be responsible and accountable to unpack some of our baggage because we've got a lot of baggage and unfortunately we don't have the skills to unpack. We're like lost children living out of cardboard boxes because we don't understand how to use dressers. These first few episodes are really just about establishing the way I think and and um, myself as, a, as the host, uh, seeking clarity within myself. I mean, this is really helpful for me, just being able to talk and listen. And um, there have been some technical difficulties, so I've done quite a lot of recording that I haven't included. And... Um, that's created just because of the software that's created some confusion and then there's a lot of going back and forth listening to see what i've recorded and haven't recorded and and i'm really loving it and i'm learning a lot and i'd love your feedback so once again uh always open to hearing from you as we dive in one of the first things I want to talk about are these gremlins because it's part of my language. I use this term gremlins. I've used it for decades and uh, it describes mm, 
the inner critic, I think, but uh, I say it as a plural, meaning there's more than one. And I've never really tried to suss out, you know, what that means exactly, because it's, it doesn't, uh, it doesn't bother me, like I said in the last episode, but one of the ways that I was able to really see is like it, they have such an impact on me. So, and, and at this point, I'm just gonna, you know, put a, put a plug in for Jill Bolte Taylor's new book, Whole Brain Living. It is brilliant. And part of why I'm super excited about doing this podcast is because she has confirmed for me um, beliefs and assumptions that I have carried with me all my life. So her book confirms to me what I have come to know and believe and trust with within myself, within my brain, and within uh, this, you know, me, myself, and I concept, and the gremlins. So, so there's me, myself, and I, and then there's the gremlins, and we're all here, like we're all here, big part of this, you know, intergenerational family here and in this body. Um, but here, here's the thing, the first time I really understood how they impacted me, these gremlins, so let me define, gremlins are the critical thoughts, the non-constructive thoughts, the inner bashings, the criticism, the uh, constant chatter, the going around in circles if you get thoughts and you get trapped in loops, um, that's part of the gremlins. Um, I even put those earworms in the gremlin category, like when you get a song stuck in your head for days and weeks, I put them in the category of the gremlins because it's bothersome. And I think maybe that's how we define it's thoughts that are bothersome that are not in my best interest. And it's subtle. They're, they're not easy to distinguish one from the other because until you know that they exist, you aren't aware that these thoughts aren't yours. I mean, this is where the experts come in and this is where the guests come in and it's going to be exciting to try and figure this out uh, because I believe that it's part of what's in the way. And as far as I'm concerned, we will never get to peace until we figure out what's in the way and how to create safe spaces until we all are trauma-informed and we understand the importance of holding space for one another and how to have courageous conversations, how to take a difficult, painful situation and create purpose, create peace. Uh, I don't have the answers. 
but I seek, I seek, I have questions and I seek the answers. And that's the difference, I guess. Um, so let me tell you a story. The very first time I noticed these thoughts in my mind and the negative impact that that, that, that was having on me was when I had lost more weight than I could lift. So 2010, I had lost 70 pounds and it took one year and I'll do a whole episode about that process because that was amazing and I'd love to get back to it. I have um, since gained the weight back. So um, just putting that disclaimer out there, I'm not suggesting that it worked. <laughs> I kept it off for a number of years, but anyway, life happens and um, it's a coping mechanism eating. So uh, anyway, I had lost more weight than I could lift. So what happened after that was I suddenly became aware of this emptiness and I took me a long time to realize that that emptiness was the lack of critical thinking. So I went from a uh, you know, a size 18 to a size nine. I lost half my size, my body size. And it was shocking to people who hadn't watched the process happen. So um, I started the uh, lifestyle change in uh, on October of 2009 so by June or July I was already down like a lot of weight I was losing on average about 11 pounds a week it was crazy I had to anyway I won't get into talking about that but the the idea was that the vision I've always had of me matched. It was a match to the me I saw in the mirror. And with that match came this silence. It was like the mirror was clear and the echo was clear because it mirrored back exactly the same what I was seeing. But where the glitch happened and where the gremlins are, are in the part of the brain that can't relate to that. The part of my brain, when I looked in the mirror at my own body, like if 
when I when I purposefully look in the mirror at my own body, it's one thing. But if I catch a glimpse of my body in the mirror, I, like I don't recognize myself. Or if I see a photograph of myself, let's say, you know, somebody's reaching in front of my face and you can't see that it's me, I do not recognize myself. So it's like that part of my brain hasn't caught up. I think any other photograph prior to that, I recognize myself. My face can be covered. I know it's me because I identify with my body. But in the new photographs, I my brain hadn't caught up. So there was no identifying with the body. So that episode showed me that I have three facets in my mirror. I have the desire, the part of me that desires. So that to me is like my heart. It's, it's my heart's desire. And then I have my reality, which is what's behind look, looking at the mirror. That's what my brain sees, how I, I guess my body sees and my body interprets what it's seeing. And then the third aspect is <clears throat> this other kind of witness that is also present. It's, it, it's just, I, until you can experience that, and even while I was in it, uh, it was very difficult to put any context, like to understand it. It just felt for a while like chaos. It just felt like confusion. I didn't understand at first that the silence in my mind was the lack of critical thinking. I just was aware that there was this overriding sensation that was different, that was uh, expensive, that was more free and capable. I, I don't know how else to explain it, but I, I definitely could recognize that there was something different happening in the way I was thinking. So silence is a tool, silence is a resource that we have. It's, a, it's an instrument, um, depending on how it's used, it can also be a weapon, as we know. And it's an aspect of our mirror that we need to attune to because when there's silence, the echo is clear and the heart and the mind are matched. And when the heart and the mind are not matched, there's noise. It's like the, the echo is distorted because there's critical thinking, internal dialogue. I was blown away by how silent my mind was. And, and, and what that means is how much of my thought process had been taken up by critical thinking about weight and space. Like even when I walked right now, because I've gained all that weight back, 
and and because I had that experience back then, I'm I am now I have this new awareness now of the space in which I walk. So, and I notice it with other people. So small people can walk through a door frame that has um, not been completely opened. And I cannot. Small people can walk, you know, through a, a crowded hallway with a basket of laundry. I can't. So there's spatial considerations that take up a lot of thought. And all of those thoughts are just happening rapidly and simultaneously as we're walking down the hall with the basket of laundry, you know? Um, it's so, it's, it's amazing once those thoughts are not there. So when, once I had lost all that weight, the, I, I was no longer cognizant. I was no longer aware of my body size and having to maneuver with a basket of laundry down the hallway. It just wasn't, it was a non-issue. My spatial awareness did not require for me to navigate myself in a way that took up a lot of mental thought. When you're small, you can just move. And when you're bigger, you have to think about it. It's just, it's so interesting. So, wow, yeah, oh my gosh. Um, the other thing that was quite interesting about the brain and what happened during that weight loss period was the attention of other people. So like I said, you know, I started the... Uh, the weight loss in October and by June, July, August, September of the next year, I was down 50 pounds and I still had another 20 pounds that I was going to drop before the year was up, before the October line. And so during the summer of that years that'd be 2010 my husband had been really sick and suddenly diagnosed and given a surgery date within two weeks that literally changed our lives but that's another story but what happened was there was this new attention on me and oh my gosh until that i had literally become invisible like for 20 years i had been invisible and anybody who's, you know, got meat on their bones or is invisible will understand what that means. Um, but the attention that I got from everyone, but in particular men and men that I knew uh, really messed with my mind. And not in a not in a temptation way. So I just want to put that out there and make that clear so everyone's 100% clear that it's not because I was tempted. Uh, I just, it was, it makes you really aware of people's agenda and how they treat you and what that means to 
everything. <laughs> um, you know, it is not comfortable to suddenly have the attention of men who have been around for years now looking and making suggestions you know it was not comfortable at all and suddenly made me really secretly wish for the fat to return and uh because number one i didn't know how to handle the attention there were a couple wives getting jealous like it, it was a little bit crazy at first and i had nothing to do with it like it wasn't me um and maybe because I didn't understand how to react uh, and and I but it didn't take me really long before I started shutting people down and asking them to not do that but depending on where we were and what the situation was it was very difficult not everybody you know <clears throat> cared <laughs> to listen and there was this one person in particular that, oh my God, called me a MILF. And if anybody knows what that means, it's absolutely disgusting to me. Um, so I'm not going to say it. You're going to have to go look it up. Uh, but um, I, I didn't know what it meant. And he would call it out. You know, this is somebody in close community, so it's lots of opportunity for interaction, let's call it. And, uh, you know, very thoughtless nickname that just, and every time he used it, he was leering and remarking and just, it was so gross, especially because he would behave this way in front of his wife, my husband, his children, my children, uh, anybody like it, just, it was wretched it was wretched to think about and it was wretched to think about what he was thinking about and that he felt like he had the right to even say that like you know I guess on on some level I was I'm glad that you know I it's it's better than keeping those thoughts secrets like and because that would just give off a you know a gross feeling and and i would have no no nothing to to base my feelings off of but at least here you know he was very clear and it gave me a very clear uh, example of of what i didn't want but i begin to re really resent the double standard and that's the thing I think that you know uh, the thoughtlessness of some people who felt that it would benefit me to hear how good they thought I looked as if my self-esteem needed to hear what they were thinking about like you know it, it was the most difficult year uh, in that I realized that <clears throat> I wasn't me and the old me, the one who couldn't wait to get to the new me, was suddenly not so happy with the grass on my side of the fence. My whole vision, this idea of 
silence and noise and the echoes and the mirrors and the gremlins and the body, mind, spirit, uh, me, myself, and I. These are all uh, part of the work that I've been doing all my life and the my body of work, if I can call it that. And it has to do with being ourselves and being authentic. And it, it also has, you know, it's very well rooted in this idea that we are, we can be led by our soul. And that right now we are egos. We're not really aware of the, the spirit of who we are. That part of us has been locked away. And I equate it to the idea that when we're born, we're born a twin. And one twin gets to live life and is grows up normally and has a family and has community and goes to school and gets integrated and eventually goes off to have their own life. And the other twin is deprived of life and never leaves the room, is literally locked away and completely denied access to community, to engagement, and to even recognizing that they exist. That part of us, that spiritual side, if we're lucky enough to be part of some community that nurtures the spiritual side of us, whether it's through religion or just natural, like in my case, I believe that the spirit of who I am remained intact to some degree because of the culture of my family and just the nature of who they were. And I was able to uh, remain authentic to some degree because of that. You know, I, I have this quote, which, you know, watch for the product pages because I'm going to make some nice t-shirt designs, but I am because we are is the quote. I am because we are. I am who I am because of the conditions that we create together, that we generate together. Just, you know, in wrapping up, I just want to close with the idea that trying to bridge our way to peace, I think, is about having courageous conversations about the barriers to authenticity. This is a big piece of it. We have cultural and systemic barriers in place currently today that are barriers to authenticity. And, you know, white privilege is one and it has a million layers. You know, it's part of this dialogue that needs to happen. It's part of the the conversation that has to um, come out. You know, this dismantling of barriers can't happen until we've identified what the barriers 
are. And I know that I have basically spent my life trying to navigate the idea that I am not accepted in the world. And anybody, you know, I'm not saying that I'm special or that my needs are above anybody else's. So please don't misunderstand what I'm saying. I'm trying to identify this idea that anybody who is not living to the fullest ability. So, you know, I'm talking about my uh, spiritual uh, consciousness, but for you, it might be about your gender identity or your, um, uh, you know, just work path. It may be about your partner choices. You know, it, it just, um, so I, I'm trying to be able to look at, you know, what is dismantling the barriers look like in all of these situations? What is the structure that we can use to, you know, the formula, I guess, is more a better way to say it, to use to dismantle a toxic structure so that we can rebuild healthy, whole, uh, unified, and responsibly. So, um, you know, just th that leaves me in the last thing I want to talk about just to wrap up this idea of silence and, um, you know, what that has to do with the noise in my brain and the gremlins uh, and the critical thinking and the silence. Um, you know, I really see it like every experience in our life is like a skipping stone. Um, metaphor, just the idea sort of hit me and visually it makes sense. And as I'm trying to explain it right now, it's, it's losing its context for me. So I'm going to, I'm going to skip it, but uh, make note because I'll come back maybe at some point with a, a, a visual aid to accompany this and, uh, so that so that you you know a clickable thing in the in the description so you can see what I'm talking about this neurochemical vision that I have about the mirrors in our consciousness and the internal echoes of our emotions, our decisions, our willpower, and the external manifestation of how it presents, how we present ourselves. Uh, in, out into the world. So when facing clarity with clear energy, with clear eyes, as the Indigenous people I've heard say, um, I believe that that's when we are clearest in spirit. And when we are in that chaos um, and everything is, is disrupted and, and we are, um, you know, in, in that state of, of uh, disruption, I guess, it's, it's a signal 
to our nervous system. If we are aware, if we're watching that mirror, if we know that the mirror is there and that that chaos means that it's echoing against what I, what I believe the spirit of us wants to do. You know, right now we override that, we deny that. And, and, and it, it, I don't know about you, but at 60 years old, it triggers my little locked in the closet part of my spirit because, you know, as, as awake and aware that I am, I, I am still very much still bound to the walls of that closet in, in so many ways. And, um, and part of it, I'm learning to break out of the conditioning of feeling like I have to hide who I am because the world is so different now. I mean, everybody's just out there and, and claiming who they are. And so part of what I'm saying is completely redundant because everybody's already doing a majority of this in terms of um, just action and just doing it. And that's the integration piece. Um, but there's a lot of people out there who are not there yet. And so, you know, we're really looking at hopefully being able to speak and, and identify with uh, an audience of broad range of audience of people who are seeking and facing and creating change in their own sacred space. So until next time, I just again want to thank you for being here. Want to welcome the new listeners. Want to invite you to anchor FM forward slash Barb's World main page to leave me a message. And if you care to have your message broadcasted, then just say in there too, uh, give me permission so that it's all legal and we are good to go. Uh, until next time, I'm so looking forward to uh, next week. Hopefully I have some announcements coming up. I'd like to say that I have a few invitations out there. I am reaching out to some big names. I'm reaching into my own inner circle for some solo episodes. And I'm reaching to people who inspire me. Regular or not, you know, just, just people who I come across in the world who inspire me. Um, have a wonder-filled week and take care.